With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know our trusted partner, Tyrac.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Hankook Dynapro, AT2 Extreme, but did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, it's the way tire buying should be. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Are you tired of endlessly searching for work, applying for jobs, and never hearing back? Job openings vanishing into thin air? What if with just one connection, you could link with dozens of companies that are hiring? What if that connection was a locally owned business ready to help without charging a fee? Express Employment Professionals is your one connection. Go to ExpressPros.com. With endless opportunities, it's time to try something new in your job search. Let Express Employment Professionals help you. Start at ExpressPros.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. What up, it's Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from beautiful, sunny Southern California. Man, what a great day. What a great day. What a great show for you. Uh, We have an unbelievable, unbelievable uh, show for you. Jason LaCamphora from CBS Sports is going to join us in 15 minutes. Mike Gundy, head coach of Oklahoma State, will join us next hour. Matt Olson of the Cardiac Kids, the Oakland A's of Major League Baseball, will join us. And uh, Michael Bennett's going to join us, author, Super Bowl champion, and I believe currently out-of-work football player. Uh, so, look, we, we, gotta, we just got a metric ton to get to. Uh, going to talk about Aaron Rodgers' comments, not just about his team, 
But about the franchise tag yesterday, we got, I believe, a game of real news and fake news, which will be played. Uh, man, I, I'm looking at the list of stuff we have, and this is this is this is incredible. Metric ton, metric ton of, of things. All right, let's uh, let's get after it. The NCAA has come down, and they have decided to make changes to college basketball. Drastic changes. Um, first thing is you can actually visit 15 times on official visits. 15. That's up from five starting your junior season. Of course, you got to be academically eligible. Agents can represent high school students. Pending a decision by the NBA and the NBA PA, high school players can be represented by an agent beginning July 1st before their senior year, provided they have been identified as an elite senior prospect by USA Basketball. Agents can represent college students. College basketball players can be represented by an agent beginning after any college basketball season if they request an evaluation from the NBA Undergraduate Advisory Committee. That rule is effective immediately. Agents can pay for expenses. Huh. Agents can pay for meals, transportation for players and their families if the expenses are related to the agent selection process. Also, the students cannot miss class and the money must be spent where the student lives or attends school. Additionally, high school and college student athletes and their families can have meals, transportation, lodging paid for them by an agent if those expenses are associated with the meeting with an agent or with a pro team. These, these changes are subject to revisions under the Uniform Athlete Agents Act, Revised Uniform Athletes Agent Act, Relevant State Laws, yada, yada, yada. All agreements between agents and high school or college players must be in writing, terminated when the student enrolls uh, in or returns to college, and disclosed to the NCAA or to schools. This change is effective immediately. Agents must be certified. Uh, College basketball athletes who are interested in going pro have been able to declare for the draft and attend the NBA Combine, but have been required to withdraw no more than 10 days after the Combine to stay eligible. Now students who wish to enter the draft also must request an evaluation from the NBA Undergraduate Advisory Committee, which will provide them valuable information to assist them on whether or not they return or go pro. Again, starts immediately. Also, College basketball players who request an undergraduate advisory committee evaluation participate in the NBA combine and aren't drafted can return to school as long as they notify their athletic director of their intent by 5 p.m. the Monday after the draft. Of course, this has to be an NBA and NBA PA expected to make a rule change, which in which the NBA would make undrafted student athletes who return to college after their draft ineligible for the NBA until after the next season. That's the Vashon Leonard rule. Also, Division One student, Division One schools will be required to pay tuition, fees, books for basketball players who leave school, return to school later to the same school to earn their degree. Former student athletes will be eligible for financial assistance to compete complete their first degree if they were on scholarship and fewer than. 10 years have passed before they left school. Additionally, students must have been in school for two years before leaving. Former student athletes also must meet all schools, admissions and financial aid requirements and must exhausted all other funding options to be eligible as well as meet all NCAA academic requirements. That one starts next August. 
and the NCAA will fund degree completion. That's what they decided to do. That's it. And that's all. And you know what? My first thing is, that's good. It's good. Because uh, I am somebody who is a proponent of more players getting an opportunity to play in college. And the idea of, let's not shoo guys out the door because they think they want to go pro. I like the idea, in theory, of being able to return to your school. In practice, it's a little bit harder because, heck, the NBA draft is not until June. Do we hold a scholarship for you? This is going to push back whether or not star high school seniors decide to sign to sign with the school. Also, it should be pointed out, it is curious that agents will represent high school players. Feels like, feels like the NCAA knows something that we all suspect, which is that the NBA is going to change their drafting rules in which you'll be able to be drafted straight out of high school. That's what it feels like in reading this, which I believe is a mistake. And so does college basketball. And honestly, so do most NBA teams. That's the truth to it. That's the absolute truth to it. The younger the player, the more likely that they're going to not be ready to compete in the NBA. Go back and look at all these guys that came straight out of high school. And in the first year, most of them, we're, we're non-competitive. LeBron James is the exception to every other rule. Every other rule. But uh, I think that uh, one thing that is, is lost here, instead of discussing whether or not the NCAA did anything, uh, did enough, they did something. They identified the problem. They're trying to get basically the black market out of the sport. That's what they're trying to do. Trying to get the black market out of the sport. And to someone who says, well, it won't completely eliminate the black market, you're probably accurate. I mean, think of why we legalized marijuana in this country. Think of it. Now, look, there's different types of legalized marijuana, but in the state I, I, I live in, you can go and buy down the street, you see a green cross sign. That means they sell weed here, weed products here. And some of it is we've changed in our view of the drug. Some of it is, a good portion of it is, hey, we can make a bunch of money as a state through the, t- through the massive taxation of the, uh, of the drug. And a good portion of it is, hey, you know what? This eliminates the black market for it. That's what it does. It eliminates the black market. It's more expensive to buy it there, but you know exactly what you're getting. It's gone through a testing process. Matter of fact, and I'm telling you after the fact, that the Nordstrom sale was last ended last weekend. The weed sale in California was like two weekends ago. They had to get rid of the old stuff because the new stuff that was certified was coming in. And so they had deals all over the state. This is a true story. That's not any different from what the NCAA is doing. The only difference is they're not profiting off this. There's no taxation of it. So is it, does it correct all of the, all of the errors of the past? No. Does it create some new problems? Of course, there's the law of unintended consequences. There's, do you really need 15 official visits? And my God, make a decision already. 15 visits? Does it fix that? Hey, what if you're not an elite prospect, but 
like Zaire Smith of uh, Texas Tech, who was a first-round pick of the Philadelphia 76ers, what if you come from nowhere to somewhere and now you don't have representation? Like, there are issues there. But please stop saying they didn't do anything. They did something. Whether they fixed the problem or not, here's the irony to it. Many of the people, many of the people who are saying, the NCAA screwed it up. Uh, They didn't do anything. Those were some of the same people that said the NCAA needs to stay out of it and not do anything. Right? They're trying to streamline the process. They're trying to make it, they're trying to create more access to college for more players. Hey, dude, you don't get drafted, you can come back. We don't care. Hey, we don't need clandestine meetings with agents. Matter of fact, agents can pick up the tab. Fine. No problem. We're not going to track you down or trace you down. And they all have to be reputable agents. They all have to be certified, much like your weed. Does that perfect the system? No. But you know you're meeting with somebody legit if you meet with the agent. You know what the rules are. You know that if all things go bad and you don't get drafted, you come back to school. And if you stay in school for two years, by rule, they have to, have to put you back on scholarship within the next two, 10 years anytime you come back. Where is the downside to that? We get so fixated on negativity instead of, hey, you know what? A couple of these things are kind of cool. Now, here's the, here's the most important part. College basketball schools, that college basketball programs that understand the changing marketplace and are able to benefit from that changing marketplace will be the most successful because of it. Right? Managing your scholarship limitations so that you know you always have a couple of scholarships so if guys declare for the pros and have to come back, you can still have them. That's valuable. I mean, the, the truth is that if you look around sport, teams that have taken advantage of rule changes are the ones that have been most successful. I mean, the fact is that Villanova's won two national chi- titles in the last three years, and all of this comes after the freedom of movement was put back into college basketball. You can't grab a guy. You can't hold a guy. Ever watch Villanova play basketball? Crazy physical. You know what they're not physical with? Their hands. They adjusted to the rules more quickly than anybody else. They're still physical. Everything they do is from the waist down. Additionally, Jay Wright, and some of this is uh, some of this is because of where his program has been. They weren't recruiting the one and done type, the top ten, top fifteen high school American. They just weren't. Jalen Brunson was incredibly highly touted and well regarded, but no one thought he would come in and be a one and done. Dante DiVincenzo, come on, he redshirted his first year there because he broke his foot. Amari Spellman ends up getting drafted after just one year, but he had to redshirt because he wasn't academically eligible, and during that time off, he lost a bunch of weight, and playing well in the, you know, in the Final Four truly helped him. Just because they had four guys drafted in the first round of the NBA draft, they actually recruited guys that were just that one notch below. Why? Because whether out of luck or out of knowledge, they understood it's really hard to have one and does. Kentucky has killed it in, in recruiting the, over the last five years. Haven't won a national title. Why? Because it's hard to win with kids versus men. A- adjusting to the rules first. 
adjusting to the rules first will propel you in business more quickly than just having really good players and really good coaches. Think about what the Dodgers did. Right? The Dodgers have understood that the more players, young players you have under club control, the more successful you're going to be. Load up your farm system. Load up with the arms. Now, they had they took on a bunch of bad salaries initially in the Adrian Gonzalez trade, but meanwhile, they were also loading up their farm system. The Yankees did the exact same thing. Meanwhile, they kept their international money open so that they could go and get Yasiel Puig. Look what the Yankees just did. Because the best way, I mean, the Angels lucked out into getting Shohei Otani, but the idea is the only proven guys that you're going to get that are really going to help your franchise because free agents are too uh, too expensive, and once you get into your mid-30s now in baseball with steroids and HGH out of the game, you're not going to have the same success as in the, er, in the early 2000s. Young players win. Depth of arms win. And if you're going to go and get somebody who's a little bit more developed, you're better off spending your money on a Cuban player or on a Japanese player than you are loading up and overpaying for a free agent. Somebody who understands the changing marketplace is usually more successful. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. So let me get back to what Aaron Rodgers said. Uh, We have a tough situation. I think one thing you could definitely do is look at the influence, the way contracts are done, the hard cap versus the non-hard cap, like the NBA where there's a cap, then there's a luxury tax. I would allow teams to go over the cap knowing if they do, since there's not a hard cap, they're going to be faced with some sort of luxury tax issues and they're going to change, change their strategy. It's not like we're hurting just like the NBA. We're not hurting for revenue. We're doing excellent in the NFL and the NBA is doing fantastic as well. I think this would be a disaster. One of the things that allows the NFL to be successful is that there isn't player movement is that there isn't. Think about it for a second. Remember for a second. Ramos, how deep do you think your intricate knowledge of the NFL is? Uh, I would say it's not very deep. It's it's okay. It's okay, yeah. right? Like, you're not going to sit here and say, like, I know every position from no, every, right? No, I would never say that. Who's the quarterback for the Houston Texans? Kaiser? No, Watson. Watson. You're thinking Deshaun, though, right? Yeah, Deshaun. Yeah. Got it. Got it. You got the right. You got the right first name. Wrong <laughs> second name. Okay. Who's the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys? That would be Dak Prescott. Right. Who's the quarterback for your Rams? Jared Goff. Who's the quarterback for the Oakland Raiders? Derek Carr. Yes. The point is that we can go through, and you're going to get, like, if I say Bills, you're like, oh boy, not <laughs> sure. Tyrod's yeah. not there anymore. Maybe AJ McCarron. Maybe Josh Allen. I don't know uh, who else there is. Somebody else is still in. Oh, Nathan Peterman, the guy that sucked that one day they started against the Chargers last year, right? It's a little bit harder than. The player movement thing sounds like a good idea until you realize it would be a disaster. What has brought down college sports, especially college basketball? The transferring and guys going to the NBA. Why? Because you can't identify. You don't know who's what and where and anything. We make fun of guys who stay at one school for four or five years. We don't champion them. 
though the NBA has had these super teams, it's not good for business. Anybody who says it is, isn't looking at the raw data. The data would tell you that even if the numbers are down for the NFL, they quintuple the number of most NBA games, national NBA games. And we could sit there and, and it's real to say, hey, there's more games, more games. on t-. That's fine. But go ahead and pick out a Sunday NBA game number of a huge matchup. Go ahead, pick it out. Warriors versus Rockets. On ABC, it's going to get like a five or a six. On Sunday in the NFL, a huge game is going to get a rating in the 20s, maybe even 30s. Why? Because we because we established who plays for who. And if you really want to be traded, you can do the Kawhi Leonard. But Cam Newton is the quarterback of the Carolina Panthers. Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. Like, these things work. And oh yeah, by the way, does it hurt player mobility? A little bit. Does it hurt their ability to make money? Hell no, it doesn't. It doesn't. Kirk Cousins was under franchise tag for the last two years with the Washington Redskins. You know how much money he made guaranteed? About $50 million guaranteed. And then he signed a huge deal with the Minnesota Vikings to get like $80 million more guaranteed. A complete misconception and complete misrepresentation of the facts. Sure, NBA's business is good relative to the NBA. It's not as good as the NFL. So, I love Aaron Rodgers. He may well come on this show. He makes some smart talking points, but he's doing that thing that great politicians do where he tells you one real side to which you're like, you know what? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Why not luxury tax? Well, look, if we're going to really compare ratings, Major League Baseball's local ratings are better than NBA's ratings. Sports are different. But the more you have a guy, the, the longer you have a player stay with one franchise. And oh yeah, by the way, like Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant left. He was in one franchise for nine years. It's just a difference in the length of career. There's a lot of differences. But the more you have consistency with your star players being aligned with a franchise, the more likely your league is to be successful because we identify players with teams, stars with their logo. That's good for business. And it sounds great in front of a microphone to say, hey, let's do away with the franchise tag. That's fine. What are you willing to give up? You're going to give something up. What are you willing to give up? Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. They've done some weird things in giving players vet days. Even Miles Garrett got a vet day the second day of camp. They've periodically rested some of their players throughout camp in an effort to make sure nobody comes up lame during camp. And there was like a healthy back and forth to which has everybody's ears perked up. Remember, you have offense coordinators Todd Haley. He got run out of Pittsburgh. He's been a head coach. Uh, he is a, let's just say, a vivid personality. Then you also have Greg Williams on the defensive side of the ball who claimed last night that he had seven other offers that he turned down. Seven other teams offered him. Plus, remember, there were only 10 defensive coordinator jobs. One team fired him last year. One team hired him. That's nine. So by his estimation, only one team didn't offer him a, a contract. He didn't all say defensive coordinator, but only one team. Um, 
Greg Williams is a fiery personality. So he's got fiery personalities on both sides. You got Hugh Jackson, who's I think incredibly likable. Take a listen to this discussion between offense coordinator Todd Haley and head coach Hugh Jackson. We need to get so much done. Our team has to get mentally tougher and be able to fight through the that we got to fight through. We got to change this drastically. And if we got guys that haven't done sitting around doing nothing, you know, it, I just don't know how we're going to do it. Well, I respect you saying that. I mean, I used to sit in the same I mean, chair. Joe, let me I'm finish. Whoa, whoa, let me finish. I used to sit in the same chair as you guys sit in. The chair I sit in, a little different than the chair you guys sit in. I get to watch from a different lens. Like Al taught me a long time ago. You know, what, what is it, Al? Give it to me. It's your team. You do whatever the hell you want. When it's your team. You do whatever the hell you want. Okay, so this one's mine. So that's just the way it's going to be. Um, I'm going to tell a story here right now, which uh, <laughs> uh, the program director at our San Diego Phillies, then guy named Adam Klug, Ryan Music, you've met him. Ramos, I don't know if you met him. He, we were a long time. We worked together for, I think, six or seven years before I came over to Fox Sports Radio. And we've, we both obviously uh, had, we had a great run together. We're great friends. But every once in a while, every once in a while, we would have a bitter dispute over what we were going to start and talk about during the show. Music and I haven't had that. Music is a different sort, not a, a, a lot less confrontational personality. Um, but the, the, every once in a while I would break out the, Hey, um, I was wondering what is the name of this show called? And he would grumble underneath his breath. So don't go. What, what was it? I couldn't remember. It's the, it's the Doug Gottlieb show. You're right. It is. And look, it sounds like a DB move. Don't get me wrong. It's not something I enjoy doing. It's not. But when it is your name on the show, you can't talk about something somebody else wants. You can't like, you just can't do it. Now, it was his job. It is Ryan Music's job to energize me on a topic that I might not be energized on to push me to it. But there are times in which like, look, I just don't think that or I just don't want to talk about that. I'm just not comfortable there. And every once in a while, you got to push back and go. No. Which is what Hugh Jackson's doing. If you read Twitter, there's a lot of dudes on Twitter that have never been inside a locker room. They're sitting there going like, I can't believe, or they've never been inside a coach's office. I thought what I saw was incredibly healthy. You got coaches like, look, we don't, we don't have two days like we used to have in football. We don't have a ton of practice time. We, we have a culture here where you've won one game in two years. One. One game in two years. And you want us to make lemonade out of lemons with less time because you're worried about the fact they might get hurt? You know what Hugh Jackson said? Yes. Because no matter how much we change in terms of the culture, if you ain't got the dogs, doesn't matter. Right? Doesn't matter. It does not matter. It's the same reason that even though I love the competitiveness of people Heck, you look at the Oakland Raiders two years ago. Why they? Why were they non-competitive in the playoffs? They lost their quarterback. They had, I think, a 19-point lead. They had Derek Carr in. He ends up getting hurt, out for the season. Right? They go up to the. They, they show up to the box, and there's Mark Davis, and he's going crazy. Why was he in the game? 
And I'm sure he was in the game because he's a competitor, because they're trying to win a game, because they're trying to get a better seed, because they're trying to like, no, it doesn't matter if he's not healthy. None of it matters. And so, yeah, look, I, they can both be right. They can have that discussion. And you know what? Hugh Jackson's 100% right. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. We're still going to do it my way. You know why? Because it's my football team. Because if this radio show is bad, it doesn't go down as, you know, it was bad as Ryan Music was bad that day. Nobody cares. They don't. You don't, you don't, listen, you don't get the credit you deserve when we're good, but you also don't get the blame that you deserve when we're bad. That's just not the way it works. Right? And Hugh Jackson, who knows, could be his last shot. He had one year with the Raiders. He's had now, this is his third year with the Browns. And I guarantee he's sitting there going like, dude, I got to win some games. All that culture stuff is great. It's true. We do have to get tougher. We have to learn how to win. We have to learn to push through things, get more mentally tough. But we can't do it with backups. We don't have enough talent with our starters, let alone with our backups. If you ain't got the dudes, you ain't got a chance. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Let's get catch up with the longest tenured and winningest coach in uh, in Oklahoma State history. He's 114-53. and 53. That sounds good, but considering the long history, or the long Kind of disappointing history of Oklahoma State football, with the exception of when he was there as a player in a couple other years. It's been unbelievable what he's done. Unbelievable. Mike Gundy, head coach of Oklahoma State, joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Coach, how are you? I'm doing good, uh, Doug. Thanks for having me. Um, okay, so this is a when, – when we say it's a new year, oftentimes it sounds good, but you bring back same coordinators, you bring back the same stars. I know you have Justice Hill back as a star running back, but – New quarterback, new wide receiver, new defensive coordinator. How different is how different will this Oklahoma State team look to the one we saw last year? Defensively, uh, quite a bit. Offensively, um, we're going to do a lot of the things we've done in the past. But you know, we we had a, the luxury of having Mason here for three years, and James Washington, and Aitman, and all the guys that you're referring to, and so over a certain period of time, those practices and games kind of all look the same based on having that maturity and that experience. Um, but with Jim Knowles coming in defensively, uh, we have a, we have a different look, you know, we're in the four, two, five scheme now and gives us a lot of different ways that, that we can attack an, an offense. And I really like where he's at. Um, I'm sure you've read up that he's an Ivy league guy and, and I love his uh, ability to teach and get into the minds of, of the young men that we're coaching today. Um, and I think he's doing really well. We'll find out a lot. We'll know a lot more, I guess I should say, Doug, in two months. Uh, we'll see how it works. You know, what's interesting is he's he's kind of a hyper-aggressive guy in terms of how his teams play, right, by reputation. But, you know, if you've done this as long as you and I have, every defensive coordinator who comes in, Coach, says, you know, we're going to be more aggressive. If that were the case, by the time we get to 2018, they would be blitzing on every play. So, so give me give me a sense of of the re- realistically how much more aggressive is his style as opposed to coach Glenn Spencer's style your former defensive coordinator. Well what you said is is exactly right and and that's why 
I said, you know, we'll find out in a couple months just just how good we are there. It's it's a little different approach, and I think the 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 illustration you gave, uh, the example of being hyper aggressive personality wise, that really fits him. Um, he's um, he's he's willing to take more chances, I think, than than Glenn was, um, based on competing against uh, no huddle aggressive teams like we will see in this league. And the reason that we, being Oklahoma State, play the style of offense we do is to put defensive coordinators on their heels, and we want to scare them. And and that's why we play the style we do. I'm guessing that the other coaches in this league are doing the same. And I think Jim, um, Coach Knowles, will challenge them more than what we have in the past. Um, on the other hand, though, that when you, when you do attack, you, you run the risk of – of of giving up that big play is that something that you like? Uh, it's it sounds good in theory, right? But that's right. Uh, un, until it actually happens, um, look, it it took you I don't know maybe maybe even two or three years before Mike Yurchich, your your offensive coordinator, he took came in and took over duties till it felt like you two were symbiotically working together. Now it's a really good partnership. Um, is it is do you think it's going to be as smooth? Less smooth? Like, how, how do you think that'll actually end up working out? I think it'll be a little more smooth. When, when Mike came in here uh, as an offensive coordinator, we were not very good up front. In fact, we were poor up front. We had missed on some young men, and we were really struggling. We were young and inexperienced, and, and we didn't have the type of running back that we had had here in the past that made it more difficult of a transition. We're more talented defensively from an athletic standpoint that with, with Jim taking over. Um, and there, there is some risk there. Uh, the head coach has to be willing to take that risk. And I think you, you do it in a smart way. You say, uh, if, if these are things that we want to do to, um, to increase the bad plays the offense has against us, we can have a plan to do it. But we also have to have a way that if it's not working, We've got to get back to playing base and not being so aggressive. And that's all based on how good the quarterbacks are on the other team. Because when you play good quarterbacks now in these in these high um, or in these spread offenses where they throw the ball down the field a lot, uh, they can hurt you really fast. If, if their quarterback is inexperienced and uh, might not be uh, as quality as what we've seen here in the past over the last three or four seasons, then you can be in attack mode more often during the game. See, here, here's my kind of working fan philosophy. Mike Gundy, head coach, Oklahoma State. Um, you've taught me so much in listening to you and interviewing you. Uh, you talked about years ago how you switched. You put 44 scholarships in the defensive side of the ball. You understand that this is an offensive league, but you got to have the numbers defensively. I, I look at the makeup of your team, and you got Justice Hill, who I, I talked to an NFL scout. I was like, that, that's a, that's a first-round caliber, starting caliber running back. But you also have J.D. King and L.D. Brown. Like, you're really good in that backfield. I, I kind of feel like you know what you're kind of putting together, which is, yeah, you're going to give up a play or two, but meanwhile, we're going to wear you down with our offense with longer drives, and that, like any like any league, but especially the Big 12, it becomes about conditioning, and even though you may have given up points, you're not giving up as long a drives because you're going to generate some turnovers and give up some big plays as opposed to offensively, their defense is going to be on the field longer. Is that a working kind of philosophy on, on if a dream situation outworks out? It really is. 
And and when you look at it from a business standpoint, from our point of view, let, let's say that, that Taylor Cornelius um, continues to play well and is doing a good job. We, we really like what he's done at quarterback. He's been really good in the last um, week and a half. Drew Brown, the young man that transferred in from Hawaii, has, has proven that he's played at this level and he knows what he's doing. He's a he's a shortstop, gym rat, point guard type of player. But we're really good at running back. Yeah. We've got we might have three guys on this team at the running back position that will be potentially playing in the NFL someday. So you know as well as I do, when you have that many guys that can uh, could potentially play in the NFL. We have to use them in the right way, and that also allows us to bring the other guys at that position in slowly, get them acclimated to the water temperature to where they can play their game. And I think we're going to be better in the offensive line by the 1st of October than we've been around here in five years. So when you put that formula together and then you tie in your special teams and see how you want to bring that into the game, Let's force our hand a little bit. Let's, let's see what people can do to make some plays. If we give some up, okay, we're going to get the ball. Um, let's pound on them a little bit. Let's let these backs make some plays. And then as soon as they do that, we'll, then it gives us a chance to throw the ball over the top, which is what we're going to do anyway. And let's see how that formula works um, and try to keep guys healthy. And that's really where we're sitting right now based on the new team that we have. You mentioned Taylor Cornelius. That was big shoes to fill, but he's a big old dude. What was now? He's he's six six two thirty two, but you go back five years ago. I think when you you first set eyes on him, was he one hundred eighty pounds? Is that true? Yeah, one eighty two. I think is what he was. Um, and and see, Doug, he can really run. He he'll run a. He's probably a, a pretty legitimate four seven kid, but because he's so tall, he takes really big uh, strides. And so I'm kind of excited about the ability to have him keep the ball and make a play, you know, six, seven times a game, just enough to keep people honest. And I think that's going to be a, a really good part of our game on offense this fall. The, the, I think the one question that I would have and that I think a legit football question would be, you know, Drew Brown transfers in from Hawaii. He's seen live bullets. Do you know, how do you, how do you create a situation? I, I understand that every day is a competition. He's fighting for his job. But is there a way to create way to create the type of atmosphere that he's going to see when he's in the Big Twelve? So you know, because some guys are gamers and some guys are practice guys, that you know how Taylor Cornelius is going to going to play when the lights are on, the popcorn's popping. One one thing we do, Doug, and and you know, I was just thinking we we've got to get you out here some uh, for some of our practices, but we go eleven on eleven in a thud mode, which means we don't go to the ground. But we, we go 11-on-11 11 11 a lot, which is we play the game. We put the ball out there. We get both sides, offense and defense, off the field. The clock's running. The 25-second clock's running. Um, the, the sound's on loud, and we play the game like 36 plays a day. And so um, substitutions, we don't ever stop it. We don't ever stop and blow the whistle or and say, hey, let's do this. And that quarter, if, the, if they're lined up wrong or, or there's a mistake, the quarterback's got to fix it himself. And I may, we make them do that every day. And Taylor's been in those uh, situations for, for three years here. And um, Drew's been in them just a week and a half. But you can already tell by watching that Drew knows how to get himself out of a jam because he's played 25 games at this level just by what we've put him through here. So is it like being, is it like in a game? Close, but it's not because there's not 65,000 people there screaming at you. But it's the best we can do. 
um, to get these guys ready and get an idea of can they handle the pressure. And as you know, it's not the same as standing there and shooting the free throw with two seconds left and being down by one. Yeah. It's still not the same, but it's the best we can do. No, no. It's, it's, yeah. Every, every coach in basketball does the, all right, make two free throws and you guys go home and not everybody runs. And hell, I can make them in practice. And then all of a sudden, you know, you, you get, you get, you get 10,000 on the road and, and you start yeah, turning no coal, coal, in, coal in to, to diamonds. Um, okay. So what, look, last year, I, I don't know how you felt. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you were privately a little bit disappointed, like 10 wins, but 10 wins with a three year starter, a quarterback, a stud at wide receiver. You guys had a good team and you probably felt like you left a win or two out uh, on the, on the field. What signifies a, uh, a season that you're, that you're proud of this year? Well, I, I felt that way, um, and you know it's like what you talked about in that um, to win thirty games in three years is fantastic. But it it, it was it was hard on me in the off season because we were really good. We we lost to a, a, a great OU team, Doug, and Mayfield was fantastic uh, as a college football quarterback. Um, but we we didn't play as well as we could have in the other games, and I'm not taking anything away from the teams that beat us because they beat us. But I felt like that we underachieved um, as coaches and there was times we underachieved as players. Um, and, but, but that's the way it goes. Um, and, and of course that's why you rally back each year, but we're building numbers up around here like we have never before. And so I don't see the turnaround being as long at times to get to a point where you could potentially compete on a national level because if we just make a few plays last year, we could have very well been in the playoffs. Sure. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, when you and, get and, the and the year, and the year, and the year before, was the year before you probably should have been in the playoff. Right. So, I mean, it's, that, that's correct. That's I mean, right. so, so you're not that far away. And, and, you know, when you get into a one game playoff, you, you, you mess around and win and you get into the finals and then it's, there's no telling what'll happen. So um, we're, we're, we're very proud of what we have, but, you know, last year was kind of in the off-season war on me a little bit, just based on there's not that that many times when you have that many guys. So, but but we're we're getting there. Yeah, um, you guys have a massive new scoreboard in the end zone. Um, I just wonder if that's if you feel like that's going to be distracting when you're headed that way, right? When you're when you're going to what is that the east end zone? Is that is, that, is it? It's so big. I mean, it takes up, and then there's also the two other. Video boards. So you got three video boards, but the one is just massive, right? Is that? Yeah. Is there what, any concern? What it of- is, is if you take, I think there's maybe six video boards bigger than college football. But if you take, and, and I'm not smart enough to do this, but if you take how close it is to the field and the size, and get some kind of a per capita middle of the row measurement off that, yeah, it's by far the largest in the country. It's like sitting in your living room, in a man cave, watching the TV. And here's what we're going to do, Doug. We're going to practice six times in the next three weeks on the field at different times in the day with the video board running just to try to figure out what kind of a distraction it is, if any at all, and get adjusted to it. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, th- this is an aside. You mentioned how much you respect Baker Mayfield as a college quarterback. Mm-hmm. You've seen him come and you've seen him go. Generally, the Big 12 quarterbacks have not, none of them have done much in the pros. Um, I've told people before, like one of the one of the signs I thought that RG3 wasn't who he purported himself to be was how he handled himself when you guys kicked their tail uh, on your field. Who's been the most, who's the guy who's the Big 12 quarterback 
that didn't succeed in the pros that you 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 would swear? I mean, you're a quarterback. No one knows it better than you. You would have sworn he was going to be a good pro. Well, he's still bouncing around, but Brandon Wheaton was just, a, to me, a guy that was a, a sure fit based on a pure pocket passer, had an uncanny ability to make a throw, and he was intelligent. He was older. And, you know, he went to Cleveland, and we all know what's happened to guys that went there. And then when he was in uh, Dallas after a while, you know, I actually thought he played pretty good at times. Um, you know, when he was in there, Dez was hurt all the time. And they didn't, and they didn't he, let him throw the ball downfield at all. He was just dink and dunk, which is right, not what he does best. Right. But, and, but And I still think that he could do it. But obviously, you know, there's not teams that have gone to him. But he's a guy. But I'll tell you the guy that I really like, Doug, Pat Mahomes. He, he's from day one when I saw him at Texas Tech, the true freshman, and watched him mature. He can do like LeBronish style stuff in football. He can run one way and he can just turn and flip the ball from his hips and throw it 40 yards down the field and hit somebody on stride. He's freakishly strong and fast. And uh, I think you're going to see him really, really take off once he gets to custom and, and they let him take over there in Kansas City. All right, everybody wants the mullet update. I've seen it. It looks thicker. It looks well-groomed. It looks trimmed. What's, what's the plan for the hair this season? Well, that's exactly what it is now. We, we put a little, uh, trimmed it up a little bit and, and put a little mousse in it to give, us, give it a little body. But I, I've actually trimmed it some in the summer, but I'll get to working too much now. I won't mess with it for a while. So uh, it could it could get to the Grizzly Adams stage at any time over the next six to eight weeks. Uh, college basketball has changed their recruiting rules. There's been some adjustment to college football. If I put Mike Gundy, who's a former player, a former quarterback coach, former offensive coordinator, head coach, in position, you can you can change any two rules you want for college football recruiting. What would you change? Well, I would I would minimize the amount of time that um, coaches can be on the road looking at underclassmen. I, I just don't like to try to evaluate sixteen year old uh, kids and try to see if they can play college football. We're we're a year ahead, further than we should be. But but, uh, how, but how do you but how do you do that? Because you know now. You get them to commit early. They get on campus early, so they play in the spring. The whole process has been sped up. Well, but 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 we we don't have to. There's so much technology now, Doug. Yeah. We don't have to do this. Um, we we've got every video of every kid in the country sitting right here, and and we're it's at our finger fingertips. So we we don't necessarily have to um, spend the time to go in and evaluate and have discussions with kids that are sophomores and 16 years old. Um, it's okay to see them and look at them, but they're, you know, they're leaning towards uh, potential contact at school with young men that are sophomores of their spring year prior to their junior year and coaches coming in and talking to them and having, you know, 10, 15 minute conversations with them at school. And I just don't think that's good. Uh, you know, it, just just image a really good player. How many coaches are going to want to talk to that kid? And he's 16 years old, and he's in the spring prior to his junior year, and he's in school during the day. All right. He? All right. Go ahead. And so I, I don't think that's good. Um, but, but football has done a better job than basketball. Basketball is way out of control, in my opinion, with what they do and their calendar and it's year-round and all that. But we, we just have to be careful that we don't let – um, other people influence what we're doing in football um, based on 
what's happened in the basketball recruiting because if they just open it up and make it a free fall and it goes all the time, you can't really govern it and police it, and then that's when it's not really a good thing for the sport. Coach, I can't wait to see you on Fox Sports 1 on the 30th. It's going to be hot, and that, 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 uh, that video board is going to be spectacular. I will come out and see one of those practices in person, and thanks for being our guest on, on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Hey, Doug, appreciate you, and uh, look forward to getting you out here sometime. Spend a couple days with us. All right, take care, buddy. All right, let's do it. Mike Gundy, head coach of Oklahoma State. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Let's catch up with Martellus Bennett, who, of course, we were Martellus, we were pointing out all the quarterbacks you play with, right? Cutler, Romo, Eli, A-Rod, and Tom Brady. Who's the best quarterback you play with? You're missing a lot of them. Huh? You're missing a lot of guys. All right, who'd I miss? Brett Hundley, John Kitna, Brad Johnson, David Carr. <laughs> I picked the good ones. I picked the really good uh, ones. Who's the best quarterback you play with? Bollinger. Who's the best quarterback you play with? I, I said good ones. I mean, I don't know. It's all to each his own. They all were, I, I was fortunate to play with all of Really good quarterbacks. There's not one guy. Uh, Brady and Rodgers, are they that much better than everybody else? I think that um, no one has more arm talent than uh, Aaron. Aaron could do pretty much anything with the ball. Um, I feel like Tom is really, Tom is precise, easy to play with. I'll say it's easier to play with Tom than anybody else. What? Why? So, what? What is it? What is it about that makes him easy to play with? He just makes the game easy, like what he expects and where he wants you to be and where he's putting the ball. And it's just repetition. He does so many rep, reps with you and repetition, whether it's mental reps or uh, physical reps or walkthrough. Like he's always like letting you know. He communicates the best of like what he expects, and then you communicate. I think like the communication between him and receiver. It's probably like on the highest level of like what you like to do, what he likes to throw, and he sees something. If you ask him to do something, he'll try it. He's like, "Oh yeah, let's go with that." So I think he was probably the easiest to work with. You had one your biggest like bounce back season was with Eli and the Giants. That kind of propelled you to kind of a second stage of your career. What was it like to play with? Huh? I don't think I wouldn't call it a bounce back season. Okay, well, I mean, maybe it's maybe it's because you. Maybe it's because you did it in New York. Maybe it's because you did it in New York that it felt bigger, right? I mean, well, it, no, because in New York, it was my first year as a starter. I was a backup for four years, and Dallas, I mean, I don't know what people would expect me to do behind Jason. So, I mean, going to New York was my first year to be a full-time starter. I wouldn't call it a bounce, a bounce back year. It was just a year to be in position to make plays. Ice, what was it, what, what was it like to play with Eli? I love Eli. Eli's a great guy. I mean, he's a good quarterback to, to play with. He taught me a lot. Like, same thing. He had that same type of communication level as um, as Brady as far as, like, letting you know what to do and what to expect. Like, there's some different routes, like a basic route. If it's against Tampa 2, you know, he'll like for you to run in and knife underneath the sand and just sit in that soft spot in that hole, you know, so it almost turns into a, a deeper OTB. But, you know, instead of running, try to run around the sand and get in the second window, or the first window, he just wants you to run right to the first window and sit down, and he likes to get it to Like, little things like that, like just the communication level of just being out there and playing with him. 
Statistically, you had your best year with the Bears. Obviously, the team wasn't that good that year, but you got a ton of balls. You caught 90 balls that year. You were a, you were a pro bowler. Uh, but Jay was a guy to which, no matter how much talent he had, no matter how deep he took the Bears in the playoffs, people just didn't love him. Like he Now he's probably bigger as a reality show guy now than and more likable now as a reality show guy than he was as a quarterback. What was your Jay Cutler experience like? Well, it's because as a quarterback, you have certain parameters and expectations for a guy to be like. So I think if you just accept people for who they are, then you won't you won't have that with Jay Cutler. You know what I'm saying? Like Jay on TV, he just gets to be who he is, and people like that because it's just they don't have these parameters of what they think he should be like, right? And then, but with Jay, I mean, we I love playing with Jay. Jay throw the Jay could throw the ball very. He, I mean, nobody's gonna get you the ball the way Jay gets you the ball. Martellus Bennett joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, March, you announced your retirement. Now we're into August. Uh, there's already been one preseason game. Bunch of preseason games tomorrow night. You miss it? I think preseason is ridiculous. Well, yeah, but I. But do you miss it? Football? Yeah. No, not right now at the moment. <laughs> not even a little bit. No. Huh. Good with it. Done. Just do you want to do these animated? You want to do animated stuff instead? Like that's you're on to the next thing and no looking back. Yeah, pretty much. I moved on. Like it's like I hate when people be like, "Oh, he retired." I didn't retire. I just work for another at another company now. It's like, it's, no, if you left, you know, your radio station after you know however many years you've been doing it and go work somewhere else, you didn't retire from where you were. You just went to go do something else. No, but I was doing. Look, I worked at ESPN, then I worked at CBS, then I worked at Fox. I've essentially had the same radio show in the same hours and done TV as well. If I if I started doing the the fantastical adventures of AJ, which is your new animated show, that is a complete career change. And people would say, "Hey, do you miss getting on the radio every day and saying what you think about sports and life?" Right? I think that's a reasonable question to ask. No, I'm saying, but I'm saying, like, I wouldn't say that you retired. I retired from oh. radio. You because you can't. The difference is in football. You can't go. The assumption is you can't go back. Like you stop playing, you can't go back. And we see that with To. Why do you think T.O. wants to still play? I think he just loves the game so much. I think it's uh, more out of a love for something like, imagine loving something your entire life and no longer being able to do that. Not because of, like, just because physically you're not capable. People don't think that you can do it physically. And you, like, this physical specimen, you feel like you still can. So, like, when you love something and someone, like, is taken away from you for different reasons, then being realizing that it's not you that can't do it anymore. I think it's totally different. It's like, it's like if they kicked you off, if they told you that you couldn't do radio no more, it'd be totally different. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, like it'd be totally different. Well, like if you lost your, it'd be like if you lost your voice, you know, like you listen, like you literally, you literally lost your voice. If you lost your voice, no, you couldn't like, do radio. Well, it's no, it's like, like it's like your voice changing and people tell you you can't do radio no more because your voice is not the same. You know, you can still do it because you can still talk. You can still run. You didn't lose like your ability to talk. It just sounds different now. Martellus Bennett joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. So, could you still do it? Or play football? Yeah, yeah. So why not? Don't love it. Not you're just done. Done with that phase of your life. Because like Chargers lose Hunter Henry. That's a that's a potential playoff team. Maybe even Super Bowl team. They call you and like, hey, dude, we want to take a look. No interest. You sound like- you sound like John Kidner right now. <laughs> I'm asking you a question. 
No, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I could, I probably could play a good four or five more years if I wanted to physically. So why not do it? Because I don't want to do it anymore. I want to go do something else with my, with myself, my life. I feel like ten years of. I mean, I did it for ten years. You know, it's just like I just have all these other dreams I want to do. I want to do before I die. It's fair. It's, so. it's, it's fair point. Uh, what people say: New England playing in New England's not fun. Is that fair? I don't think it's fair. Some people don't think Disneyland is fun. Who doesn't think Disneyland is fun? I, I mean, like, like if you wait in the lines the whole time, okay, maybe. But riding the rides, Disneyland is fun. What levels of fun it is, but, you know, like but, if you're a roller coaster guy, you're like, well, Six Flags I'd like a little bit better. And the, the li- can, Go ahead. You, you can say the same thing about if you wanted people's, like what they say, oh, practice not fun. But when the games is fun, it's no different. Waiting in line and then getting to the ride is the same thing. Okay, but um, in comparison to the other places, like look, you were with the Cowboys, you were with the Bears, you were with the, the, the Packers, um, you were with the Giants. Was it was it less fun to go to work with the Patriots than it was elsewhere? No, nah, in, re- in some regards it was more fun because they just didn't worry about anything else but football. In some of the other workplaces, they worry about like who you are, like how you dress, what you look like, all this other stuff. Like, I mean, if you come to work to play football, all you think coaches should be talking to you about is football. Like, don't like everything else is ridiculous. I had, I had my most fun in my NFL career playing for the Patriots. Martellus Bennett joining us. Uh, the Fantastical Adventures of AJ is your first animated series. My question is: is this is this CGI or did you draw? Like, did you draw these things? Or is it? No, so I usually draw original character sketches, and then my company and we do animation. Like we do animation, like we uh, like I don't have animators in house, so like uh, you outsource the animation. But I wrote it, directed it, um, I, I scored it. I did a score with my friend. Um, we did the score. I did the casting. I did a voiceover in it. I produced it. I mean, I pretty much did everything you could possibly do with it, except for the actual animation. I take. Take 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 AJ your your character. You've written books and the, the adventures of uh, the uh, imagine imagination agencies. Hey AJ series. Take that out. Your favorite cartoon ever is what? Tom and Jerry. Yeah, I like the Bulldogs and Tom and Jerry. What's the is it Butch? What's the what's the Bulldog's name in in Tom and I Jerry? I want to say it was Butch. Yeah, and, you know last last week I was in New York. I was staying at the Parker, but the Parker Meridian. And it, when you're in the elevators. They play Tom and Jerry on the uh, on the on the TV. I'm like, man, I feel like I feel like Saturday morning cartoons was on as a kid. You know, they don't watch Saturday morning cartoons anymore. Yeah, because you could get you could get content anywhere, anytime now. So, like, to have something that pops up, that's the whole thing. That's the whole thing wrong with cable te- television right now. Yep. Like, why wait weekly to watch an episode of your show when you could just go binge watch it all at one time? So, like. It's like, do you really want to wait a week to be able to see what happens? Is the show that good? So that's like the whole thing now. Like Saturday morning cartoons were great because you waited all, there's no other cartoons during the week. And then Saturday you came up, you know, all your favorite shows will be on there from from Static Shock to DuckTales to Tailspin to Rescue Rangers yep. to all the, the Animaniacs, all the shows that come on, depending on what channel you watch. You know, Saturday morning, that was the place to be. You got up early, you got your bowl of cereal, yep. and you sat there and you watched the cartoons. But now with the consumption of media happening at all times, anytime, you don't have to wait to to um, get a show. So with there being so much population out there to consume, everyone competing, no one wants to take the, the time to kind of craft something that's just like a boutique-type uh, atmosphere to watch a show. 
right, uh, or stairs. A, a couple of things. First of all, it's all all genius. You catch it. Catch the uh, Hey AJ, it's bedtime or Hey AJ, it's Saturday books. Go to BarnesandNoble.com or TheImaginationAgency.com. Martellus Bennett joining us. Okay, you talked about Saturday morning on the couch, bowl of cereal. Okay, here's the question. A couple questions. The best cereal for for that setup is what? Captain Crunch with the berries. Captain Crunch with the berries. Okay, you get done eating the Captain Crunch. You got a bowl and it's got milk in it. The milk is pink, right? Do you drink the Do you drink the milk or do you put Do you fill it up with more Captain Crunch until there is no more milk? You fill it up with more Captain Crunch. There is no more milk. There's a little bit of milk left. Do you drink it with the spoon or do you tip it up sideways and just <laughs> slurp it up? I mean, I don't need a straw. So I just tip the bowl up. I'm still a savage. All of these are all of these are great answers. All of these are great answers. Uh, the proper answer, though, should have been just so you know, uh, you don't have the, the you didn't have the test syllabus or whatever, but it should have been um, uh, Roadrunner, especially with Wiley e. Coyote. That's the best cartoon. I'm personally a Golden Grams guy, and I, I like Golden Grams. Oh, Golden Grams are big time. Go, the Golden Grams are Golden Grams are big time. Oh, this year, Captain Crunch is great. You'll win the popular vote with Golden Grams. But I win the sensible vote with Golden Grams. I'll go Raisin Bran before I go Golden Bran. I like Ra- I like Raisin Bran. Tears me up a little bit. A little bit too much personal information. I just I just Martellus. Let's do this again sometime really really soon. Love having you on. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. All right, that's Martellus Bennett joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show. At Bed Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. 
Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.